You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, David G, and Troy Coverdale. You know, it's amazing how one win can make you feel so much better about the situation. Right? Lose three straight in conference play, start to melt down a little bit, beat TCU, realize you're just one game back of first place. All right, we're not too bad. It's why I think people didn't fully register even that it was three straight losses in conference play. You had a win sandwiched in there with the win over Florida. Yeah, but that wasn't a Big 12 win. Sure. No, I get that, but fans didn't approach it like it was a three-game slide in conference, really, or back-to-back losses in conference going into the Texas game because you had that win sandwiched in there. I think it affected how we viewed the losing slide even a little bit. Well, I think it was more so not maybe losing three straight. It was just losing two in a row. One was at home. Right. And also the previous was to Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse in a game where we probably, most of us thought, yeah, we can get this one, can't we? Well, yeah, there's that. But you forgot there was a curse, and that curse is can't get a call to save your life at times in that building, and you've lost 17 straight. The program has, not who's currently here, but the program has lost 17 straight. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Game. It's the game after work with Mitch Fortner. Troy Coverdale and Travion Berkland looking sort of tired today. You look like you're about to fall asleep at the board. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah he yeah. just nods his head. <laughs> you need I a vacation, fe- kid. I, hey, listen, I know the feeling today after last night. I think that there were probably a few people that felt that after last night. I brought this up to you uh, during the break. I always like to share concerts. Yes. Big concerts. If it's a tour like or if it's an all-day thing. And it doesn't matter what genre it is, I'll share them with you as soon as I learn about them. I think this one's been out for a while, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. If you like uh, like 90s-ish country, I think this is mostly 90s country. Yes. Chris Young, Trace Adkins, Gabby Barrett. I'm not sure who Gabby Barrett is. Uh, relatively newer one. Okay. But Clay Walker, Jody Messina. I like her. I like mm-hmm. Jody Messina. And Lone Star. I think they had a... They had a hit in the 2000s. Oh, they had a few hits in the late 90s, early 2000s. Anyway, uh, Saturday, May 13th in Kansas City, Legends Field, all uh, all the same day. By the way, when are our tickets for the uh, Janet Jackson show? Oh, yeah, I think that's in May. It is in May. Yeah. But I have the tickets. Oh, May 13th, that's a no-go anyway now that I think about that. Busy? It's graduation weekend. Oh, is it? Might have some K-State baseball, and I, I need to attend, and might have to miss that show. So sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, mm-hmm. Jody Messina, but maybe we'll work something out later in the uh, later in the year. All right, let's get back to hoops. The Cats knock off the TCU Horn Frogs, eighty-two sixty-one last night. TCU did not have Mike Miles, the preseason Player of the Year in the Big Twelve, and also you know Eddie Lampkin. their big man, their starting five. He did return last night. Even put it out there on Twitter. He's like, I'm back. Tune into ESPNU tonight, 8 o'clock, and watch me play. Well, if you did, TCU fans, you watched Eddie Lampkin uh, play 18 minutes. He was 0 of 1 from the floor. He had a rebound, did not score, and he also had a uh, a couple of turnovers. But, you know, Coach Tang, I mean, he he did, you know, he mentioned it himself. TCU was not 100% last night. 
This is not the same TCU team that we played at their place, right? <clears throat> Eddie's hurt and Mike didn't play. I, I told him that because I know I've known Mike since he was maybe fifth grade, you know, and, and Eddie for a really long time, eighth grader. I think when they're all healthy, they may be the best team in, in the league. They have all the pieces that they could make win six games in the tournament. Now I asked, you know, D.Y., would you put an asterisk by, by this? And I, I, he said no, and I certainly would not. Right there, what Coach Tang said, if they were at full strength, this is a team that could go all the way. Now, when you're missing Mike Miles, that's a huge piece that you're missing. TCU is the best fast break team in the country. And who leads those fast breaks is their leader. It's their point guard in Mike Miles. And absolutely just thrash K-State in that first game. Coming back to the game in last night in Manhattan, Mike Miles not available. He was there last night, but not available. They tried putting Eddie Lamkin out there. Wasn't really effective whatsoever. And I also think, you know, K-State's bigs maybe got, I mean, Coach mentioned, uh, I didn't have the clip here, but he mentioned that, thought Bebe Isiola let Eddie Lampkin get in his head in the first meeting, because what does Eddie do? He scores and then he'll tell you about it. Mm-hmm. He'll let you know. He is a trash talker and he has antics. But on the confidence side of things, I thought it was great defense last night, even though, I mean, down by the hoop, both teams made 16 shots. And it wasn't, you know, the cleanest game game for either team in the paint, or I should say defensively for either team, with both teams scoring 16 points at the hoop. K-State had 20 field goals in the paint, and TCU had 19. It was a pretty even night for teams scoring in the paint. And for TCU, it was an average day. For K-State, it was above average for scoring in the paint by hitting 59% of those shots. TCU was 61. That was a little above average, I should say, but it was more closer to average than what K-State usually does. Because I think we've seen recently that there's been way too many struggles in the paint, around the hoop, missing layups. Cats did miss some layups last night, some that should have definitely been made. But I think some of that was... You know, I think we saw Tyke Green really overcome a lot of things last night because recently he doesn't score. Mm-hmm. He's not really even shooting. And if he does, he's, he's not making them. And we have seen Tyke Green, his numbers have, when it comes to minutes and how often he's playing, have really gone downhill. Yes. In, in non conference play and even getting into conference play, he, he was playing pretty decent minutes every. Every game, at least 10. Felt like at least 10 come off the bench and would try to contribute. But I, I did really like this story about Tyke Green. This came from Jerome Tang after last night's win. Tyke came to my office and he said, Coach, man, is there anything that I could do just to help? I said, he said, Coach, whether you want me to play defense on the other team's best player or not let him touch the ball, whatever it is, I just want to be able to help contribute to our team winning. I told him, I said, you know, we was trying to figure it out. Like, we're, we're working through some things. It's not something you're not doing. It's just we're just trying to figure out how to get the most out of each guy. And all I asked him, I said, just just stay ready for me. Just just stay ready. And if you stay ready, your opportunity's going to come. And tonight his opportunity came, and he was ready. He absolutely had an opportunity. And he really showed off in the second half. If you've not seen Ty King Green's line from last night, he was 6 of 11. He did take a three. He missed it. But he had nine rebounds. When he came in, Tyke Green was doing everything right. 
except for scoring at the hoop. I think he missed his first two shots, maybe even three, at the bucket. It's easy to get ahead of yourself when you're in that situation. Maybe move a little too quick, and you miss opportunities like that. I think really it was. Maybe just going a little bit, like he was at the hoop, there to score, should have scored. Maybe it was just like a little bit too strong. Mm -hmm. Pushing. It was maybe too easy to score. Right. And he still finishes with 13 points, even missed a dunk. And then all of a sudden it just turned on, and now he's got four dunks all of a sudden. Like it kind of came out of nowhere, and then he's scoring at will. And it was like TCU couldn't do anything to stop it. And talk about something really fun to watch is a guy that hasn't been scoring a whole lot. As a matter of fact, previous to that, previous to last night's win, Tyke Green had scored just two points in five games total over the last five games. And then even prior to that, a point against Kansas, actually going back to the last TCU game, he scored 11, so his, by far his two best games in Big 12 play had been against TCU. But prior to those two TCU games, looking at all of Big 12 play, his total points in a game was two points. And then he just explodes against TCU. Now Coach mentioned that, now do we see the consistency? Or does Tyke Green fall back down to just two points a game or not scoring? or playing five minutes at the most. I absolutely hope not, because this will be the big difference on if K-State goes on a postseason run or not. And that is if the bench play steps up. And I think we're starting to see consistency out of Desi Sills. He has grown in confidence and somehow has done it in losing games. It started in the second half against Kansas where he found confidence in his dribble drive, drawing fouls. And now he's drawing more fouls than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And D.Y. mentioned in the first hour that he is the fastest with the basketball. Nobody is faster than Desi Sills on a drive. And he's also doing it without turning it over. Right. That, that, that's big. That's big time. It makes me wonder if this was earlier in the season, would you see if if Marquise Noel was going through the stretch he is right now in terms of turnovers, if this was earlier in the season, would you see the coaching staff maybe move him out of the starting lineup for a game or two to give him a little bit of room to think and make adjustments and start Desi Sills at that spot? You know, it did run through my mind, like, you know, maybe Desi has lately – earn an opportunity True. to start in a game and and try that out. But it's also like yeah, some are superstitious and don't want to mix too, think, too many things up where then you throw off the mojo and you got Desi Seals who's playing very well off the bench. Now you start him and then it doesn't work. You know, right. A lot of those thoughts start to run through your mind. You know, maybe they're just happier with just let's let's keep things the way they are. And if if it's Desi's night, he'll earn the minutes. He'll steal the minutes. And last night we saw Ty Gre- Tyke Green steal a lot of minutes, and we saw you know, like guys like Naquan Tomlin, who didn't play as much as he usually does. He played 17 minutes and just had four points. Cam Carter, 21 minutes and he had seven points. It was just it was their night. And I and I said yesterday talking to you, I was like, I I just I want to see more production from those kind of guys. I want to see somebody off the bench have double figures. And I got two. I got two, baby. I got two players last night come off the bench and score in double figures. That will be the kind of difference that is made down the stretch 
those kind of performances are the type that will win Kansas State a Big 12 championship, make a postseason run in the NCAA tournament or, or the Big 12 tournament. That's what K-State needs down the stretch when so much focus is on Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. And by the way, congratulations to Marquise Noel on setting the new assist single-season record. He has 187. When he finished last night with 18 points, he was a lot of fun to watch last night. Turnovers still need to be cleaned up. Also, I think officials have it out for Keontae Johnson. I think a lot of these calls are trash. And I think a lot of a lot of players aren't getting those same calls when it comes to like offensive players and what they do with the basketball, not getting the same kind of calls against mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of like I, I felt like truly a lot of those contact yeah, okay, so his first foul when he hooked the guy, definitely a foul. I thought that was the right call. But then after that, I'm like, hey, what are we doing? Are these are, is this really what we want to call a charge? Especially like the one that was on the baseline. And it didn't look like anything from what I've told is a charge. It didn't look like that. Right. I think Keontae has, has really run into just some really tough calls lately. Really tough calls. It is, is it something he has to change? Maybe. I think a lot of it's bad luck as well. But still, Keontae finds a way to score and get to the foul line. It's not always pretty. But he he finds the way to do it. So cats are now nineteen and five. Defense had a ton of energy last night, and I was hoping I was just praying like, please, let's not fly through the air and try to contest threes. Yeah, and, and then yeah. you, you allow you know TCU five on four to to get inside the paint. Please don't do that last night. I don't think I saw anybody do that last night. Good. I thought it was a pretty easy scouting report. There this you is go. a bad three point shooting team. And what did TCU finish last night? 3 of 17. Just get a hand in their face. Make them try to go inside. I thought the game plan defensively was well executed. You, you forced TCU to beat you inside, and that was something they were not going to be able to do all night. K-State what needed to be the better outside shooting team. They absolutely were. Absolutely were. Um so here are some more notes about last night's win. They're now seven and four in Big Twelve play. So the nineteen and five start, second best in the last fifty years, which ties twelve and thirteen and eighteen and nineteen. Uh, hey, those happen to be a couple of Big Twelve championship mm-hmm. winning programs. Um, K State fifth win over a top twenty five opponent. Those are all in the last twelve games. How about that? These are all notes coming from the uh, recap from K State Athletics last night. So the five top 25 wins are uh, the second most in program history. The record is six in the 14-15 season. Uh, K-State, 29 bench points. I thought, gosh, that felt like it was going so well. That was the best performance all season long. It's actually the fourth most points off the bench this year. And by the way, the Cats on the road for the next two. Texas Tech is the uh, opponent Saturday in Lubbock for a 6 o'clock tip. Be prepared, guys. This is an ESPN Plus broadcast, so it's going to be streamed. Six o'clock tip-off. Of course, we'll have pregame starting at five. Uh, also, Tech plays tonight in Stillwater against Oklahoma State at seven on ESPN Plus. Um, so get your prep on uh, Texas Tech tonight against the Cowboys, uh, which sounds like they're going to be without Avery Anderson for quite some time, yeah. who was injured and now has to have he had surgery uh, on his injury. Doesn't sound good. All right, when we come back, I 
been looking forward to playing this back because I thought Marquise Noel, Desi Sills, Tyke Green had an amazing press conference last night. We'll play some of that back up next on the game. Well, we got Travion's favorite bed music again. What is what is this song? Remind us. It's Rockbox from their first album. Okay. Run DMC? Yeah. There was part of me that was wanting to go King of Rock, and I'm like, no, not even close. I, yeah. But Rock, yeah. yeah. I just couldn't think of, yeah. Did you watch the Grammys? Uh, I worked, mm-hmm. so no. But but I, did you hear about like the hip hop tribute, fifty years yes, of hip hop? Yes, that I was awesome. Of it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. This Grammys this year overall was like the most entertaining Grammys in years to me. Was there anything I would have cared about other than that hip hop tribute? That was it was like thirteen minutes long. It was a performance. It had so many legends come out and perform briefly. And then uh, just keep moving on. Definitely check out the Stevie Wonder performance with Chris Stapleton. Really good. Ooh. Um, yeah, that was Ooh. really good. Wow, okay. I would, ABBA was I pretty good. Um, they had consistent performances throughout the night. Heard that rock, The Rock met Adele. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently that was a big deal. Okay. Lindsay brought it up like, she, we could watch the Grammys. I'm like, Pfft. Can't believe Harry Styles won that. album of the year. I don't understand that Oh, what all. a travesty. Yeah. Who should have won? Uh, definitely Beyonce. It was Beyonce's year. She um, broke the record for most Grammys by any person. She has thirty-two Grammys now. Um, well, wouldn't if isn't if she won if she won Album of the Year? Wouldn't that have just been like a lifetime achievement award? Sure, just about like just kind of giving it to her because she's so successful. But the thing is, Let like, Harry Styles get one. She, but she's like been nominated so many times for like the main awards and never won them. She's always lost to Adele, always lost to, you know, um, various other people, and she's never like done that. Hmm. So I mean, she has enough. Don't get me wrong, but like everyone was like, she's gonna win album of the year, and it was hyped up for like two months, and then Harry Styles is just like, I'll go up then. Thank is, you, everybody. Is Jethro Tull beating out like Metallica? Is that still like I I don't know if that was like metal or like rock rock album of the year like rock performance of the year i don't know which i can't remember which one it was but like jethro toll like upset a whole bunch of people is that still the biggest grammy upset i don't know i don't ever watch the grammys right i actually i tuned in for the country music awards recently just to mock it but (laughs) a pretty legendary one is um mac miller or not Mac Miller, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis beating Kendrick Lamar in 2013. Everyone always talked about that. And Macklemore had to like apologize and it was like a whole thing. Yeah. Wait, they beat, was that Humble? No, no. This was is, this was when Good Kid Mad City came out. So I, I think they won rap album of the year for, you know, th- the album with like Thrift Shop and everything on it. And like, yeah, that was Good Kid big. Mad City is like considered one of the best albums of the decade. So it's mm. like, it was a controversial thing. Travion, I'm glad you're here because I have no idea about. Modern music, <laughs> Grammys, all that stuff. Still floors me that UNC was a spot where Macklemore held a free concert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, right he, at the start of the whole. He definitely couldn't now, but. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I, I think I actually just played Macklemore for 
didn't, didn't I just play him for like number one song of the day recently and brought up mm-hmm. that like they're not about what modern rappers are about like with right. the with the bling and the clothes they're like I'm gonna shop thrift shops right I'm gonna be his fur coat was better the by the way than what showed up last night at the State of the Union I'm just saying <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I saw that <laughs> who wears a white fur coat anyway okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, I wanted to get to this press conference audio because I, I thought this was a tremendous press conference last night with the players. And I've been playing them recently because I, I, I've been very entertained by the answers to the questions by the athletes, by the by the players, especially Marquise Noel. But he was joined last night by Desi Sills and Tyke Green, a couple of guys that have really come a long way this season. So here is a part of last night's press conference with Marquise Noel, Desi Sills, and Tyke Green after beating TCU. Tyke, just how much of a boost of confidence is it to have a game like this that you've probably been wanting to have for a while? It means a lot to have a game like this, you know. I wanted to come in and help the team right away, especially after the two losses we had. So I just came in and did whatever I had to do to get the win. Marquise, you're now the single-season record holder and assist for K-State. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's a blessing to be mentioned with those, you know, guys. Passing him, Steve Henson, um, is a blessing. It just shows, like, how unselfish, you know, I am and he was, you know, at K-State. When you have a group of guys like, you know, we have here, um, it's easy to get assists and it's easy um, to to make plays for others. I give credit to my teammates for finishing from, from last year and this year for helping me break that record. I couldn't have done it without them. Desi, this, did you guys kind of get back to your brand of basketball in that second half? Yeah, Coach Tang said come out there and just be aggressive. We had the double team, number four, then we just had to be us. I think we got two, like, two over the top, you know what I mean? We had, I feel like we needed them L's even though we didn't want them L's. And now we're back to getting that greedy. Now we're back hungry. I feel like we're going to make a run again. We all playing together. We know they're gonna key, key in on Keese and um, Keontae. So somebody and a couple guys got others got to step up. So we got to keep playing together. Tyke, what what part of your game kind of gets you going? Probably say. That's a great question. I know. Probably say when I see the ball goes to the basket, dunk the ball. Just when I finish a tough layup, especially from people like Keese and Des, means a lot. And I just. That just I don't know. That boosts me up a lot to just keep going. Desi, uh, I'm curious from your perspective. You've been coming off the bench the whole year. Tyke, obviously, before he came here, was a starter. A lot of minutes, a lot of points. Have you guys had conversations about trying to adjust to that role at all? I mean, we two guys, we don't really care. We start coming off the bench. We still got to bring energy, effort, and enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Tyke, one good player, you know what I'm saying? He stay ready. He's been put in a lab, been in the work, and it finally come to light. You know what I mean? That's what happens when you trust your work. You know, never get down on yourself. Always believe in yourself and bet on yourself. So I feel like he did that tonight. For any of the three of you, they got it within six points, and it seemed like you just flipped a switch and just pulled away. What, what happened to cause that spurt at the end of the game? Coach got on our butts. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I had Defensive scheme? Yeah. He's locked in. We just locked in a little bit more. We know We knew how important this game was. Um, to get this win um, was big, and it gives us momentum going into Texas Tech. You talk about this a lot, but two logo threes from you tonight, I mean, how do you do it? I mean, I just be in the lab, I mean, <laughs> but I just I just stay in the gym. I shoot those shots. I mean, I'm comfortable with Bramlich. When I'm out there, I don't feel like there's a shot that I can't hit no matter where it's at. And, yeah, when you, like, hoist that last one with both feet on the logo, did you knew it was going in? Yeah, because if it didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I practiced them shots, you know, before the game, in the morning, 
days off. So I mean, we huddle. I mean, yeah. Practice shots. I practice them shots every day. Has so. Steph reached out to you yet to talk about? <laughs> no, that'd be crazy though. He needs to. <laughs> Taiki, you guys win the rebounding battle, forty to twenty-eight, and you had the team lead in rebounds. Just what were you doing that was working so well offensively and defensively on the glass? Pretty much just starting in practice. You know, we do um, circle the wagon. We got to go in there and tussle everybody out to get a rebound. You know, Taj is helping us prepare for games like this, so I feel like that helped us out a lot. Shout out to the scout team, too, because they did a good job of preparing us, you know, this for this game with rebounding, giving energy inside of practice, um, and just, you know, making it tough for us in practice. Uh, they, they didn't let up. Each and every day, they gave us, you know, their best shot, and that's why we we were so prepared and focused tonight. Taiki, to be able to come off the bench um, and bring a lot of energy and, you know, effort plays on the glass, like how important is it to be able to do that, um, considering your role this year where you don't know how many minutes you're going to get on a night-to-night basis? It was very important. You know, I went to coach yesterday or two days ago, and I told him I want to do whatever it takes to help the team. So he gave me a chance, an opportunity, and uh, I did just that. Marquise, you've been on teams that have been on the NCAA tournament bubble before. Now that you, it looks like you guys are pretty solidly in, I'm wondering how much differently do you look ahead? Do you find yourself looking at bracket projections, and what do you think about solidly being in the field at this point? Honestly speaking, I try not to focus on it because we have you know a couple games left. I try to be where my feet is at. You know, it's a blessing to even be mentioned um, in a bracket in March Madness um, and knowing that, you know, we are pretty in solid shape uh, for being in a tournament, but we still have a lot to go. I'm trying to get to, you know, a two seed, one seed if possible. And oh, I cut it off again too early. All right, that's Marquise Noel, uh, Desi Sills, and Tyke Green from last night's press conference. I thought it was, again, really good. I love that Marquise Noel gave a shout to Steve Henson by name. After breaking his record, I thought it doesn't shock me. Marquise Noel has done his homework. He he knows more about K State athletics historically than you might think. Uh, and honestly, that did mean a lot. Um, I think just to the fan base that he would shout out Steve Henson like that, and so did Coach Tang afterwards. They knew that I think they knew that the the uh, the record was approaching, and they would be passing one. He would be passing one of the greatest. In Steve Henson. One of the great comments that was made by Coach Tang last night on the radio post game was that uh, was about all of the respect he had. He's like, then you think of the dudes that Steve Henson was playing with, and you realize how big that record was, and who he was getting the ball to at the time. I also loved uh, Desi Sills' comment about getting back to K State's brand. He mentioned, you know, we took some L's even if we didn't want those L's, and felt like. You know, kind of taught him a lesson a little bit, like brought him back down to earth. And it's probably true for a lot of teams. You get into that top five, and it's hard to ignore yep. that five next to your name. And it might get into your head a little bit. And hopefully, I mean, I don't want to use the term like they settled or anything, but, you know, start to lose a few games once they got into the top five and then down to seven. And now they're to 12. And, you know, things like that can humble you a little bit. Timing might have been, a, you know, good timing. For K-State to learn that the season's not over just because we're at number five doesn't mean the work's not done. And then I, I got to go to Travion in this last one. Heard this line a couple of times about you know, why were you so good? Why are those shots going in? And Marquise Noel and Desi Sills said just being in the lab. Yeah. Travion, have you heard that expression before of you know just improving on your game, getting better is because you've been in the lab? 
Yes. Cooking in the lab. So that is something that yep. is a popular yes popular def- phrase. Even like in middle school for me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I am getting old. Hi. We have ice and ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome to reality. You welcome know, to 2023. I could think of it even being used like like when I see clips of like Dr. Dre in the 90s talking about like the Man. chronic albums. He's like, oh, we're cooking in the lab for this new album, you know? That kind of stuff. And I hadn't heard it until, man, I, boy, I am, I must be really behind because I hadn't heard that until yesterday. I am getting old though because the other day we had, uh, we had John uh, Groves in here just yes. sitting in on the, um, on Wildcat Insider and he mentioned he's 20 years old. And my first thought was, dang, he wasn't alive for 9 11. Yeah. 98 is still 10 years ago for me. Try thinking about, oh, say, you know, like 92, 93, something like that in my in my run through. And then I go, wait, I've essentially lived 30 need, years from then. I need to get in the lab and work on being a little bit more modern, I guess. I, I'm, I'm 30 years beyond having been a college student. That'll wake you up real quick. Travion needs to get in the lab and... Hopefully there's a bed in there because he is tired. Yes. Let's get to a number one song of the day. That's coming up next. Somewhere there's speaking. It's already coming in. Oh, and it's rising at the back of your mind. You never could get it. From 2000. Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon came out six years ago. One week at number one. Troy likes it. Travion, are you a fan? You remember this song? You weren't alive yet, were you? No, you weren't. No, I was just a year away, but eh. It's eh. kind of a- Yeah, I mean, as, you know, alternative rock was still popular then, but it felt like this kind of song, I mean, it did get to number one. I was about to say, it might have been four years, three or four years too late, but no. No, I'll take that back. I think it's good for the time. It was good for the time. As much as anything for me, it's the familiarity and some memories from then. Yeah, I don't think Vertical Horizon is winning album of the the year at the Grammys. (laughs) No. Harry Styles would have stomped him. So would Beyonce. Um, Vertical Horizon. They did actually have another hit. Get to that here in just a second, but... They're from Washington, D.C. It was two guys, Matt Scannell and Keith Kane, vocalist and guitarist. They went to college together. They went to Georgetown. They formed the band about a year later. The most interesting thing I could find out about them was that 
on their second to last album, Neil Peart played drums on three of the songs. I was like, that, that, that's actually quite the pull to get Neil Peart to record the drums for your album on a handful of songs. That's actually, I would tell everybody that. <laughs> Great line. Gotta love throwing the name in. Just, yeah. Who's the most famous person you met? Neil Peart. I'm actually good friends with Neil Peart, who actually recorded some of our songs. Then you become a lot bigger deal. He lives in Canada. You don't know him. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes. Drummer for Rush. Yes. Happens to be the greatest yeah. ever. Travion is Neil Peart, the greatest drummer ever. He's probably the best technical drummer ever. Oh, boy. All right, As go a drummer, ahead. I'm kind of opinionated ahead. on this. I'm, I mean, John you Bonham. Drum? Yeah, yeah. Did we know this, Troy? We did not know this. You're a drummer? Mm-hmm. Do you have a drum kit? Not currently, but I did. Well, then I don't know if you're a drummer. I mean, were you like in the band on a snare? Yeah. I, yeah, I was in marching band and stuff. Yeah. Um, I know how to play a drum kit, though. I just ha- I don't ha- own one. Okay. But you say John Bonham is the best? Yes. yes. I think there's a great argument. Mm-hmm. I really do. Now, I mean, Neil Peart... A lot of his honor also comes from the size of his drum kit. <laughs> Nobody could top it. Right. I don't know how many pieces. I don't know what the biggest drum kit. Travion, you should Google for us real quick. How many pieces was Neil Peart's biggest drum kit? I want to guess. I'm going to get. I'm going to say 46. Do you throw in Tommy Lee's? rig for being able to rotate above the audience and how does that I mean, compare that it, yes that it's not there's not a like a disclosed number but it's more than 30 pieces okay i mean it completely surrounded him sure tommy lee yes shout out to motley crew one of my favorite bands ever um here's vince neil 62 today man really oh you should by the way you should talk to uh uh, Sloan from K-Rock about Motley Crue. He said something when we were at Trivia back on Thursday that was incredibly offensive to me. He said they are more pop than rock. Like rock and roll, <laughs> hard rock, heavy metal. I about left. I was like, screw you, you're on your you're own. You're on your own, yeah. <laughs> Try winning Trivia without me. They've had their moments of more of some of their bad To be songs. pop music? I, I'm not saying home, they're a pop band, home. but like, every, you know, they have pop songs. Guys, every, if you want to call them hair metal, whatever, they all have their, they all have a ballad. Sure. Doesn't make them a pop band. I know, I'm not saying it makes them a pop band. I'm saying they have a couple pop songs. That's, that's there's no wrong. Like, ab- that's not, that's not wrong. I about spit out my Mexican mule when I heard that line. <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen him in concert? Man, I couldn't believe it. I had to drop. I had to drop this the subject. <laughs> Let's just agree to disagree. All right. Any anyway. Um, Moving on. Six studio albums, two top forty hits. This is their only number one. Vertical Horizon. Their other hit song was at number twenty three in the U.S. called 
you're a god. Troy, and I think if you yep. if you're not you do okay. I, I went back and listened to it. I was like, okay, I got to hear this other hit of theirs. I, I instantly recognized it. I was like, okay, I remember hearing this back in the day. You don't really hear it ever anymore. Right, yeah. Uh, but you still hear this. I feel like this is definitely Sunny 102.5 material. Yeah, it fits. Uh, this is kind of a, kind of going back to the sad story run we're on this week with number one song of the day. So it's basically he, this kid, this Matt guy, the singer, was in love with this beautifully complex and crazy person who could see everything around her except for the thing that could actually help her. And he thought, uh, you know, tormented, he felt tormented, half, you know, glasses half, half empty person being around her. But yet was always trying to help her. And then at the end of the day, they ended up splitting apart because he didn't feel like she cared about him. Hmm. This also, according to Billboard, was the most played single in 2000. This is not the first song I think of when it comes to 2000. Santana, Lil Rob Smooth. Thomas, Smooth. That's probably yeah. it. Because that was, I think that was the last number one of 99. <laughs> 2000 really changed music for me. Really changed, really changed, because like that's when like what you would call butt rock started to take over. Like grunge was out of the way, Creed comes into play, Nickelback comes into play. That's when rock started to get mocked. Lincoln Park was at its peak. I'm like, man, like there's actually some really good bands out there, but they're getting called butt rock. God, that irked me. I also had a rap phase. Uh, Travion, let's squeeze in a couple of uh, Ask Us Anything questions, and you get us out what we need to get out. Sound good? Uh, okay. Sleepyhead. And we can start. Okay. What's with the hesitation? I don't know if we'll have enough time here. That's the... Well, okay. Thing. Well, that's like, you know, we can get one in there. Uh, what is something you don't mind waiting for? That's the thing. I I don't have great patience. I kind of do. But like, if I got to wait all day for an event to take place, I can't stop thinking about it. And then it makes the day go slower. But I used to, and I'll still do it, like, if it's a concert and I got pit tickets and I want to get up close, I don't mind waiting in line for a little while to get in. Not a big deal. A good steak. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, like... Would you be willing to sit in a restaurant for three hours for a steak? Ooh. Okay. I am, I am not willing to wait, like, on a list for, like, over an hour to get into a restaurant. Depends. Are Is that part of a major course meal? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then... You all know. you have to do is... All you have is appetizers and good company for three hours. Uh, no. <laughs> If you're looking at it being more like a seven-course meal, then yeah, quite possibly. I'm willing to have to wait for dentist appointments, renewing my license. I pay, cannot stand the DMV. Paying my tags and taxes. I can wait. Really? Doesn't need to get here. <laughs> I can wait. 
<laughs> Paying bills, you know, that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the usuals. Can we get one more or we got to go? Oh, I can fit in one more. Uh, what assumption have you made that ended up um, being completely incorrect? Man, you're hitting us with these thinkers today. <laughs> Oops, sorry about that. Uh, boy, I... that is a tough one. I mean, I always assume, like, okay... I, I kind of maybe judge a book by its cover a little bit too soon. You know, when I meet people, I'm like always a little bit shady about them. It take I got to figure that out first before I trust them. So I, 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 I hate doing it, but sometimes I assume things a little bit too soon. And then I'm like, all right, I got to know you a little bit. You're not a bad person. I tend to be very guarded early around people. Until I get a feel of whether I can trust them or not. Because I've been burned too many times. You need to stop being burned. Yeah, tell me about it. We gotta go. Cats. Stop being the nice guy sometimes. Win another one. We're back for another two hours tomorrow. For Trey, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.